what I want to do right now is just uh, bring us into a time of uh, recognizing that God is the one in control and we need to go to him in confidence, knowing that uh, whatever's going around us, uh, how, however chaotic it might be, that uh, we can trust in him. Um, you know, there's probably been some, some rotten days you've gone through. And there's, uh, there's some ways you can tell that you're going to have a rotten day. In fact, I, I came across a list of things that you can tell you're having a rotten day. Um, you, you know it's going to be a rotten day when you wake up face down on the pavement. And it's going to be a rotten day. You know you're going to have a rotten day when you call 911 and they put you on hold. Yeah. Uh, you know you're going to have a rotten day when your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. I'm about to get there. Getting a little older. Uh, you're going to have a rotten day when you turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. That's probably happened for some of you and you're having a, a pretty rotten day. Uh, you know you're having a rotten day when your twin sister forgets your birthday. Right? Um, yeah, you know, maybe you're, uh, you're, you know you're going to have a rotten day when your car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a group of Hell's Angels on the freeway. Yeah, that's going to be a rotten day. You're going to have a rotten day when your boss tells you not to bother to take off your coat. Probably going to have a rotten day when the bird singing outside your window is a buzzard. You're probably going to have a rotten day when you wake up and your braces are locked together. You're going to have a rotten day as well, too, if your, your tax refund check bounces. You're probably going to have a rotten day when you put both contact lenses in the same eye. I've had that rotten day before. That's not good at all. You know, for most of you, these days have been pretty rotten, um, pretty difficult. Not only have you had to deal with COVID-19 and all the extras that, that came with it, you, you are now faced with the daunting task of uh, wildfire evacuations. The condition of your home and property and safety of your family and friends. Um, evacuation goes from level one to level two. And you feel the reality of the situation. And then level two gives way to level three. And you, you find your, your anxiety level raising along with it as you leave your home and your property. Maybe to a possible fiery fate. You just don't know. You know double hurricanes in Louisiana. Texas, um, Midwest uh, derecho targets Iowa and Illinois, wildfires all along the West Coast. As I think about these events, I'm reminded of a familiar portion of scripture that gives us encouragement, and especially in these days where we might feel like the world is just kind of ending. Uh, the verses that basically tell us to hang in there, hang in there, you'll make it through. By the way, uh, yesterday, Saturday, was uh, the National Day of Encouragement. So I felt that we all needed some encouragement right now and, and in light of all that we've encountered. So uh, turn with me, if you will, to James chapter 1. And we're going to take a look at this portion of Scripture. Familiar portion of Scripture. Something that we can hopefully all uh, reprimand around and grasp onto and um, see the promises that are there. And be encouraged. In James chapter 1, starting with verse 1, says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God 
who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Well, the writer of this letter is a leader of the church in Jerusalem named James, of course, and who is known as the half-brother of Jesus. And the book of James is one of the earliest letters, probably around written around before 50 AD. And after Stephen was martyred, uh, persecution increased, and Christians in Jerusalem were scattered throughout the Roman world. Uh, and because these early believers didn't have the support of established Christian churches. They couldn't call up the local church and say, hey, could you help us out? We need a place to stay. We need some encouragement. We need, to, we need some help. We need some backup. James wrote to them as a concerned leader to, to encourage them in their faith during those difficult times. So the book of James was written to encourage the believers scattered throughout the area, the Roman, uh, the Roman world. And I trust that this portion of scripture is also able to encourage you as you are scattered from your homes in this wildfire, as you are displaced, as maybe you're displaced emotionally in all this too, and, and you're trying to make it through. Uh, let, this, let this portion of scripture from the book of James be able to give you a little more solid foundation and encouragement in your life. So verse 1 tells us, that James wrote this book to the Jewish believers. And because of persecution, many Jewish people who came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah had to leave their home and were scattered throughout that region. So James wrote this letter to teach and encourage these persecuted Christians. Now, I heard the story about someone who let their pet ferret play in a pile of clothes in the laundry basket. <laughs> the ferret was having a great time frolicking in the clothes, but things got bad, real bad, and real fast. Uh, one minute he was jumping and playing, the next second he, he became part of the laundry. The mom picked up the wad of clothes, basically, and tossed it into the washing machine. And the ferret was part of that wad of, of clothes. And the, the lid was shut and all was dark. Now, can you imagine what went through that ferret's mind as the water poured in? Well, when the churning water finally stopped and began to drain out, the ferret must have thought, he made it. He's going to be safe. Then <laughs> the rinse cycle began. And just when he thought the worst was over, the spin cycle began. Later that night, the little ferret was found in the washing machine, alive, alive. So this is a good part of this. Um, he was wet and confused. It makes you wonder if that little ferret was ever, uh, ever going to play near that laundry basket again. <laughs> I kind of doubt it. But uh, can you relate to that ferret? I'm sure most of us can. Uh, one minute your your life is going great, and like the ferret, you're singing and thinking, it doesn't get any better than this. Great stuff's going on. Then all of a sudden, 
out of nowhere, your world becomes a place of spinning darkness. I just can think of this last few months with COVID-19 going on, restricting us from a lot of different things, having to wear a mask everywhere we went, actually staying in your homes before you were able to go anywhere. Racial injustice, that's been going on for a long time, but it's coming to a head these days, these last months. Riots are happening and uh, Portland gets thrashed each evening. Um, hurricanes hitting Texas and, and Louisiana, uh, that happening. Uh, Iowa getting getting pummeled by a derecho coming through. Uh, wildfires here, of course. All these things of 2020 have really hit us hard. We've had a lot of different things going on that, that we've just wondered what next. And if anybody says that out loud, again, uh, we might have to pummel them. But uh, usually, though, we just we we want to make sure that you know, we're safe. We're we're we've got we've got a safe place to be, hope, and all that. But in this 2020, it's been it's been difficult to try to find some hope and some some encouragement through this year. But you know, probably February. I don't think anybody. Maybe January. Every, not many people, if anybody, has saw, seen this coming as far as 2020 and all that has uh, uh, contained for us. But, you know, in a blink of an eye, in a blink of an eye, you find yourself sucked into the darkness like that ferret in that washing machine. And your world begins to spin hopelessly out of control. If you haven't been there, and I'm thinking most of us have by now, but if you haven't been there, James tells us some, you know, someday you will be there. I've been there. I've been there before 2020 uh, and a number of times with some of you guys when your loved ones have passed away. I received a phone call and it hits hard and we go and, and we deal with what's going on and try to get through what's happening. I've been there the moment I received a phone call uh, on my way to VBS a couple of years ago telling me that my father had passed away. That hit hard. Uh, I, I was there just last year as I uh, was driving out of the Silver Falls uh, church camp out and uh, into cell phone reception and received a number of messages regarding my mom passing away a year ago. I've been there. In a blink of an eye, things can change so quickly. You've been there already, too. Uh, think about this past week. Wildfires ripping through Marion and Clackamas counties, destroying property and homes I, I trust that your homes are safe, and we pray that they are. And, and, but all that coming about and the destruction and the tragedy, uh, this, these wildfires have also caused deaths as well, including a grandmother and her grandson. And I bet that family is reeling from their loss as well. None of these were supposed to happen, right? None of these were supposed to happen, but they did, and our world feels like it is spinning out of control. When that happens, James has challenging words, uh, yet they are words that can be uh, comforting and encouraging to us. In verse 2, James tells us, whenever you face trials, consider it pure joy. Now notice, James doesn't say if you face trials, but when you face trials. Trials, the hardships and difficulties are all a part of life, aren't they? And we can say in the last few months, especially beginning in March, yes, these have been days of trials and hardships, 
difficulties. But if you think your life is going to be smooth and calm, you're fooling yourself. Jesus warned his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, in the world you will have trouble. We will have trouble in this world. It's going to happen. Uh, and, and Paul said in Acts chapter 14, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So it's going to be going on like this. And someone asked me just a few days ago, he said, you think it's going to get any better? And I said, yeah, you know what? As I read my Bible, my Bible says it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. We may have moments, but it's just going to get worse. But it really, it sounds ridiculous. Be joyful when you face trials. <laughs> Come on. Really? Face, face, you, you face these trials and you, you got to consider it joy. It sounds pretty good on paper, right? But not in reality. Um, but remember, James is, is, is about building character. And we know people who have endured and people who have given up in times of difficulty. Those who give up turn from God if their problem isn't resolved within 24 hours. They get a, a, a hangnail or something doesn't go their way and boom, they become angry at the world. You see it in their faces and in their, the way they communicate. They're bitter people. and Their testimony for Christ really, really doesn't exist. Then there are those who face amazing difficulties in life. Somehow, they make it to the other side. So what can we learn about those people who face their trials head on? Trusting that God is, is good and sovereign. Trusting that while life may not make sense, God has a plan that will work out, even though it will be painful. When we are tested, we must confidently, confidently turn to God, trusting in Him, not in ourselves. You remember the Avenger movies? The, the first Avenger is known as Captain America, right? And we all know about that. And before he was Captain America, he was Steve Rogers, the rejected scrawny military soldier who didn't know the word quit. If you've seen the movie, he would get into fights and he would get, he, he would get knocked down by bullies. He, he never backed down from them. And in one scene, this bully comes up to him and wants to teach him a lesson, basically. And uh, he didn't, he, he, he gets knocked down um, repeatedly. And in, in his determination, he re repeatedly gets back up again and comes at, at the guy, even though he's going to lose this fight. He's going to get pummeled. It seemed impossible that he would get back up, but he didn't get up because of his strength. He got up because he had the desire to get up one more time. He wasn't going to let some bully get him down. He wasn't going to let the big old difficulty and problem get him down. You know, there's power in persevering. If we want to survive the dark days of life, then we must develop spiritual endurance. It's the ability to say, there's nothing that life, will, life can dump on me that will cause me to turn my back on God. God has proven himself to me and my trust in him so, is so solid that nobody or nothing can persuade me to turn away. That's the kind of uh, ability that we need to have, the ability to say that. And this kind of endurance will sustain you the, uh, through your darkest hours, your greatest challenges, um, and even your most devastating losses. And this is the kind of endurance we all need. And James tells us it's available to anyone. 
in chapter 5, verse 11, James refers to Job as a man who endured trials. Job was a successful farmer uh, who, in the range of 24 hours, lost his children, lost his livestock, he lost uh, uh, all these things. His body was covered with, with boils that caused him to suffer day and night. When it looked as if things couldn't get worse, his beloved wife <laughs> suggested, if I were you, I'd curse God and die. Great advice. But, you know, Job refused. Job didn't like what was happening. He was very angry and he was very confused. He asked God many questions. The thought of turning away from God seemed to cross his mind, but Job remained faithful to God. He endured and persevered through his misery. And, it, and after it was all over, he discovered his faith in God was stronger. When James tells us to consider our, tri our trials pure joy, he doesn't mean we should say, uh, wow, <laughs> my life has fallen apart. What joy that is. That's why he uses Job as an example. Job didn't like what was happening to him. Job poured his heart out to God. He made statements like, why didn't I perish at birth? For now I, I would be lying down in peace. He also said, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. He said, if only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on scales, it would surely outweigh the sand of the seas. And he also said, I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free rein to my complaint and speak out in the bitterness of my soul. Job didn't consider his trials pure joy. When James says to consider your trials pure joy, he isn't saying you can't be honest with God, especially about the way you feel. In fact, being honest with God is an important part of the process. Job was honest about his pain, and he poured out his his heart to God about his hurt and his anger. He questioned God's care and he wanted answers. You're probably there as well too. You're wondering, what is God doing? How come we have all these things going on in our lives right now? And you're not quite sure if you should tell God the way you want to tell him? And sometimes we're afraid to do that. But you know, we fear that honestly expressing our hurt to God will, will, will push him away. He won't have, want to have anything to do with us if we get snarky with him or something like that. But you know what? The opposite is really true. When we're honest with God, he draws us closer to him because he knows what you're going through. He feels your pain. He feels your anxiety. He feels your unrest. And he wants to calm that. He wants to bring that comfort and peace into your life. So what did James mean when he said, consider it pure joy then? You consider it joy not because the experience is enjoyable. None of this is enjoyable. This is horrible stuff. But the end result is worth the price you're paying right now. That's where the joy comes in. A good example is childbirth. When a woman gives birth to a child, she has to endure labor pains, right? Now, I don't have experience in that, but I have experience uh, secondhand watching Becky go through the birth of our, our children. While there's unspeakable pain going on, the pain can be counted as joy because the end result is worth the price she paid. 
Now, of course, being in labor hurts, but you consider the pain of labor pure joy because the end result is worth it. So, get the idea? This is exactly what James is saying to us when he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Now, it's not because the experiences themselves are enjoyable. They're not. It's because we know the end result will be worth the price we paid. And you don't have to pretend everything is wonderful when it isn't. Don't be fake. When it's horrible, it's horrible. And at the same time, you can face your trials with a sense of joy that the outcome will make it all worthwhile. But you can only do that when you really trust that God has a plan. Now, listen to what James says in verses 3 and 4. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So James is telling us that our faith will be tested when we are undergoing trials. When we're in the middle of our bad times, we can cling to God more tightly and demonstrate our faith. Or, or we can push God to the side and try solving our problems ourselves. When we trust God to help us through those difficult times, we're going to benefit. We, we, we persevere. And because we persevered, we gain character. Think of, think of a moment. Think about a, a water-saturated sponge. You, you, you take the sponge, you run it through water, you set it on the counter. Now, if, if you were to push down with your finger, even very slightly on that sponge, you'd see that water runs out onto the counter there. We immediately know what the, what, what's inside that sponge, what fills that sponge up. The same is true of ourselves. We can tell what fills us on the inside by what comes out under pressure. That's the character in us. When we are under pressure, what comes out of us when we're squeezed by life's storms and situations? What comes out in us? We can't really know the depth of our character until we see how we react under pressure. Just throw a little pressure someone's way and you'll see what their character is really all about. It's easy to be kind to others when everything is going well, but can we still be kind when others are treating us unfairly? Can we still be uh, kind when life's pressures are coming down upon us? God wants us to, he wants us to be mature. He wants us to be complete not to keep us from, from all pain. Pain's going to happen. Instead of complaining about our struggles, we should see them as opportunities for growth. Thank God for promising to be with you in, in, in these rough times, because he is. He's, he hasn't forsaken you. Ask him to, to help you solve your problems or, or to give you strength to endure them, because he will. Then be patient. If you've done that, then be patient. God will not leave you alone with your problems. He will stay close and help you grow. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, Paul wrote something pretty similar to what James is writing here. He's, he says, rejoice in our suffering. We rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us 
because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So those are some great words from Paul, and, and, and they, they fit right into what James is trying to tell us here. When we suffer, we can still have joy, because joy is an inner quality. It is not based upon circumstances. It's dependent upon our faith and our trust in God. And as long as we persevere, we will gain character. We will be different people, we better people. We'll, we will be people who have been tested and tried and survived. And Paul concludes that when we gain character, we also gain hope. Because hope is from God, not from ourselves. And those are the end results of what testing and trials can produce. Now, obviously, nobody likes to be tested. We don't like trials. We want control over our lives. But, you know, that isn't real life. That's not the way it happens. We're going to be tested. We're going to go through situations like this, right? We're going to face trials. We're going to struggle. It may come expectantly, or it may be a shock to us. But the key is what we will do when those struggles happen. Basically, James says that suffering is necessary in order for us to become the person God wants us to be. When you go through trials, the trial itself is not God's purpose for your life. The end result, the, the becoming like Christ, that's his purpose for your life. God's goal is to make you perfect and complete. And, and the only way you can accomplish that is to endure suffering along the way. And you may say, I don't like that. <laughs> you may say, it's not fair. Life should be easy. I would agree. Sure. Yeah, I can understand that. But you know, it's like it or not, <laughs> God is more interested in building character than in making us comfortable. On December 29th, 1987, Soviet cosmonaut returned to the Earth after 326 days in orbit. He was that that close to a year in, in, in orbit. And he was in good health, which hasn't always been the case in, in those record-breaking voyages. Five years earlier, uh, touching down after 211 days in orbit, two cosmonauts suffered from dizziness and high pulse rates and heart palpitations. They could walk for a week and after 30 days, they were still undergoing therapy for atrophied uh, muscles and weakened hearts. At zero gravity, the muscles of the body begin to waste away because there is no resistance. Your, your, your muscles can't work, can't, can't develop. To counteract this, the Soviets prescribed a vigorous exercise program for the cosmonauts. They invented what they called the penguin suit. It was a running suit laced with elastic bands. So it resists every move the cosmonauts make, forcing them to exert their strength. Apparently, the regimen is working. Uh, we, after, after often long for days without difficulty, don't we? we? We look for days that we wouldn't have difficulties like this. If only, right? One of those days, one of these days. But God knows better for us. The easier our life, the, the weaker our spiritual fiber. 
for strength of any kind grows only by exertion. When we have those difficulties in our life, that's when spiritual strength happens. To become the kind of person God wants you to become, you have to endure trials and hardships. As you're going through trials, give God time to make his changes in you so you become the person he wants you to be. <clears throat> and you'll find you can endure anything that comes your way because you know the end result will be worth the price you pay. And then the final lesson from James is that we must ask God for wisdom. In other words, rely on God for help. We need to know how to handle the adversity and trials we're faced with. We, we can pray, Lord, make sense of this for me. Help me to see your plan and your hand in this trial. Show me how to respond to get the most out of what you want for me. Yeah, that's asking wisdom. That's asking for wisdom. And James tells us not to pray half-heartedly. Don't pray like someone who is doubting and going through the motions of, of asking. I better do this because this is what I'm supposed to do. Maybe it will happen. Doubt it. You know, that will never get you anywhere. A double-minded Christian wants to do it their way, yet they still want God to do it his way. They're, they're double-minded. They want some of God and some of themselves. And, and that will never work. When you pray, asking for two separate answers to your prayer, uh, you're being double-minded. That's why James compares the doubter to a wave that's being tossed back and forth in the sea. The doubter is someone who changes their mind constantly. They ask for one thing and then a different thing. There, there's no devotion in their requests. One of the most important aspects of becoming a real follower of, of Christ is developing the characteristic of spiritual endurance. The question isn't, will we face trials? <laughs> the question is, how will we handle the trials that come our way? Because they're coming. They're here, right? Will you run for cover and turn your back on God and give up? Will you endure? God promises that the end result is worth it. Hang in there. The trials may be difficult to endure, but the trials aren't God's purpose for your life. The end result of you becoming like Christ is his purpose for you. And that's our goal, isn't it? As, as followers of Christ, we want to be more like him. If we value comfort more than character, then trials will upset us. If we value the material more than spiritual, we won't be able to consider it joy. If we live only for the present and disregard the future, then trials will make us bitter and not better. You know, a clay pot sitting in the sun will always be a clay pot. It has to go through the white heat of the furnace to become porcelain. One last thought. <clears throat> James tells us in verse 12 that, be, uh, that people who endure temptation are blessed. For they will have withstood the test and will receive the crown of life that Jesus promised to those who love him. Not only will you gain character and be an awesome witness for Jesus, you will be demonstrating your faith in Jesus. And on that last day, you will receive the crown of eternal life. Now, what is that exactly? <laughs> well, the crown of life is like the victory wreath given to winning athletes. 
Paul talks about it when he uh, was, was encouraging the Corinthian church uh, to focus on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus and, and get to that finish line. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, he's saying, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way uh, as to get the prize. And in verse 25, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. <clears throat> so God's crown of life is not glory and honor here on earth, but the reward of eternal life. Living with God forever, that's the reward. The way to be in God's winner's circle is, is by loving him and staying faithful even under pressure. So, 2020 has given us a lot, hasn't it? Given us the virus, and we're enduring that. It's given us murder hornets. Don't forget those things. I haven't seen one lately, uh, at all, actually. <laughs> I hope not to see one. And we've endured. Um, it's a, it, our, your graduation, those graduates, ha, your graduation ceremonies have been abbreviated, have been changed. You've endured through that. And then here we are again, facing the school year, still in the same situation, having to go through a, a, a new way of uh, doing school, online learning. And so you, you're enduring that. Teachers are enduring that, trying to learn the different things to do online learning or teaching. And students are trying to figure things out as well, too. And then, of course, we have wildfires going on. And you're enduring that. All these things coming upon us, the storms of life, if you will, are bringing that pressure into our lives. The question for us is, what will we be like on the other side of this? What will we be like through this as well? Continue to love God. Continue to trust in Him. Continue to stay faithful to Him, even through all these pressures that we've been experiencing already in 2020. Then let me leave you with one more scripture of encouragement, because I believe we can use it. 1 Peter 5, 7. Very familiar to some of you. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. I'm going to talk a little more about that next Sunday, when we focus in more on prayer. Because I believe that trials, when they come, we should be committing them to prayer, and we should be going to God in prayer through all this. But 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, Carrying your worries, your stresses, and daily struggles by yourself shows that you really haven't trusted God fully with your life. If, you're, if you continue to worry and have these stresses because all these situations are coming upon you and you need to hold on to them yourself, that just shows that your trust in God isn't at where it should be. It takes humility to recognize that God cares. It takes humility to admit your need and then let others in God's family help you. Letting God have your anxieties calls for action, not passivity. You don't just sit back. You need to act upon it. Cast your cares upon him. Don't submit to circumstances. Don't fall into that trap. Submit to the Lord who controls those circumstances. 
that's where we should be with those things. So hang in there. Hang in there. I know these are difficult days, but take in consideration what James is telling us in these situations. And remember the end goal. His character that is being being proven in you, being grown in you, and we are being drawn more like Christ. Hang in there. These are difficult days. Continue to trust in God. It will work out. It will things will get better. They will. Um, I'd like to pray with you guys. And let me pray to kind of close our time out here together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that you just continue to be with, us, be with us all as we go through these days. These are difficult times. And I pray, Lord, that you be with those people who are going through it right now, experiencing it, wondering if they're ever going to come back to a home or whatever it is. Lord, I pray that you give them hope, give them encouragement, Lord. Give them your peace through this time, Lord. And I pray that during this time that we would continue to cling to you and realize that you are the one who has the answers in this and that we need to continue to trust in you through these times. Help us, Lord, to um, remain faithful to you and realize that uh, through these difficult times that you are God that knows what he's doing and can be trusted. Help us, Lord, to remember that as we go through these days and help us, Lord, to remain faithful in you. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement you give us in your word and help us, Lord, to continue to cast our cares upon you Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.